Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It's nice to be here. <laughs> um, this afternoon I was praying and I said, Lord, I've done a lot of preaching recently and I just don't feel tonight that I want to go through the motions. I need something from you to show me that this is of you, that, that you've, you've got your hand on this. this is, I, need, I need some encouragement. I need some, something to build me up a little bit. Um, could we have those words up there that I spoke to you about? During the week, Kath contacted me and said, what songs do you want? And I said, I'll leave it to you, whatever you like. And she chose, amongst others, one that I've never heard before, know nothing about. And I looked at those words, open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are. Fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Now, I'm not going to say much about those words, but as we progress through what God has laid on my heart, remember those words, because that kind of summarizes everything that I want to say tonight. So, when, I, when we were singing that, I had to go to the back and say, look, please, we, we need these words up before I, before I stand up and speak. Um, this was God's encouragement to me, even if not to you, that he's got something in store for tonight and whether you receive it or not is up to you. But, we can move on to the PowerPoint if that's okay by you. Do you have any ambitions? I'm sure some of you do. Yes, I see a head nodding there. Brother, I see you. God bless you. Anybody else got any ambitions around you? Well, I've got ambitions. Yes. And you may not be able to guess what my ambitions are. If I was to go around and say, I've got a box of chocolates for the person who first guesses my ambition, I doubt very much that I'd have to give it away. But my ambition is I want to be like a donkey. Hey, I haven't fulfilled it yet. (laughs) Yes, I want to be like a donkey. That's reasonable, isn't it? I, I hope you all want to be like a donkey. You're not sure? Well, you may wonder why, because let's be honest, a donkey is not the, not the most admired of animals, is it? I mean, when somebody uses the Americanization of it and says, you're an ass, you, you tend to actually feel complimented, uplifted and want to go home and say, you know what, I was at church today and they told me I'm an ass. No, you, you, you don't get that feeling. Donkeys have a reputation for being slow, smelly, cumbersome, stubborn and a bit thick. I repeat, I have not yet fulfilled my ambition. <laughs> I can imagine that donkeys probably don't feel all that special. They probably don't think that they've got the ability to achieve anything great. And if any creature has the right to feel down about themselves, it's probably a donkey. Donkeys are are not beautiful like a butterfly. They can't run like a stallion. They're not powerful and majestic like a lion. They can't really, normally, even protect you like a good dog. The only thing they seem to be any good at 
is carrying things. Now, I don't think my ambition comes from this, but when I was a child on a farm in South Africa, I was about oh, six years old when I was given my own donkey. His name was Sixpence. He was the swine of a donkey. <laughs> but he was my first... first I eventually graduated to horses, but Sixpence has still got a place in my heart all these years later. But they are good at carrying things. Now, you may feel a bit like a donkey. No talent, not particularly important, bit thick. Now, I'm not looking at anybody in particular. But I want us to look at one of the most famous donkeys in all the world. One that we'll find in the Bible. We're going to look at two donkeys we find in the Bible, but we're going to start off with one because I find it's easier to do one at a time. And we're going to start off by looking at Balaam's donkey. We can find the account of the donkey in the book of Numbers from chapter 22 onwards. It's a rather unusual story. I'm sure we're all familiar with it, but that doesn't mean I can't remind you of a few details. Just to put it in context, it's something that took place after they had left Egypt, but they hadn't yet got to the promised land. And God was blessing the Israelites, and as they travelled, they were conquering everybody in sight, and, and nobody could stand against them. Now, Balaam himself is a little bit of a mystery. Theologians just love to have friendly chats about who he is. Where did he come from? Was he truly a go- believer in God? Or, or did he believe in some strange God? What, what did he mean when he says he was a prophet? How did he get to know about And they have long, long, long discussions about it. But I mean, that's fine. It keeps them out of our way and we can get on with our Christian life while the theologians do their debating, which is always the best way to do it. But what we do know is that Balaam, according to the Bible, was a prophet. And it says that those he blessed stayed blessed, and those he cursed, stayed cursed. Background, who cares? That's what the Bible told me about him. That's what I need to know. Now, he lived in the land of the Moabites, and the king of the Moabites was a man by the name of Balak, and he was a bit worried because the Israelites were coming. And he thought, <laughs> they've killed everybody else. They're going to come and destroy me, and they're going to come and destroy my land. So he, he got together some of his more important people, and he sent them off to Balaam, and he said, go and tell Balaam that I would like him to come and curse the Israelites, because when he curses people, they stay cursed. And so these important envoys arrived, and they said to Balaam, this is what Balak wants, and Balaam said, well, hold it, let me see if this is what God wants. And he came back after a while, and he said, no, Sorry, can't do that. God said no. God said that these are a people that he has blessed. So they went back to Balak, and Balak said, what? He refused me? Offer him more money. Offer him more rewards. Let's get some more important people and send them to him. Come on. He'll do what I tell him if we offer him enough. And so more important envoys turn up, 
and they come and they say, Balak sent us back and he wants to reward you richly, but what he wants you to do is curse these Israelites. Now, obviously what Balaam should have done is said, look fellas, we've discussed this. I've talked to God about it. God has said no. I've given you my answer. The answer is no. If I'm going to ask God to curse somebody, and God has said I mustn't do that because he's blessed them, sorry, can't do. Thank you. Bye-bye. But no, he didn't. He said, i tell you what, why don't you stay the night and, and, and I'll have another chat to God and see if I can twist his arm a little bit. Hmm? Kind of reminds me of the kid who goes up to their mother and says, can I have this? And the mother says, no. Oh, but mom, please, can I have this? No. But mom, please. Oh, mom, mom, please. I promise, mom, please, can I? Hmm? Why was he doing that? Because deep down inside he was torn between wanting to be obedient to God and thinking, huh, there's some good rewards going here. I could do with those. They'd, they'd be rather nice. So he goes back and he asks God again. Obviously his motive in doing so was wrong. He wasn't asking God what God wanted. He was asking God to do what he wanted to do. And God says to him, okay, you want to go? You go. Sadly, that happens to us quite often, you know. We've got our own ideas what we want to do and we think we can turn God's view around and twist his arm and he says, all right, you want to do that? Go for it. That doesn't mean he's going to bless it. It means he's going to allow you to do it. Let's read about it. In Numbers chapter 22, we read this. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. But God was very angry when he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road, with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. And Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between two vineyards with walls on both sides. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat her again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there's no room to turn either to the right or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam, and he was angry, and he beat her with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and she said to Balaam, what have I done to make you beat me these three times? Balaam said, you've made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you right now. And the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey? Which you have ridden to this very day. Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. And he bowed low and fell face down. 
God has promised that if we truly ask him, he will show us the way to go. And he said, when you turn from the way, I'll I'll direct you. In fact, he puts it this way. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, your ears will pick up a word behind you saying, no, no, this is the way, walk in it. God said, I'll direct you. And this is what he was doing for Balaam. He was directing him. He said to him, don't go. And then he sends an angel to stand in front of him and says, look, this is not the way you're supposed to be going. I think the guy would get the hint by now, but some people are just plain thick. Maybe he got his ambition to be a donkey before I did. Anyway. God's still doing it today, you know. God's still there to say to you and to me, this is the way I want you to go. Listen to me. I'll guide you. I'll lead you. I'll show you what to do. God doesn't normally appear to us in the form of an angel or speak to us through animals or send us a text message on our mobile. I mean, make love easy if he did, I think. I don't know why he doesn't. I've suggested it to him many times, but it doesn't seem to work that way. And sometimes, sometimes we battle to hear what God is saying. One of the reasons we don't hear, of course, is that we're just not listening. I heard about an elderly couple who was sitting down and he turned to her and he said, after 50 years, I have found you tried and true. He said, what? He said, after 50 years, I have found you tried and true. She said, well, after 50 years, I'm tired of you too. Sadly, a lot of the time we don't hear because we don't actually listen, but much of the time we don't hear because we don't feel the need to listen. We just go on doing what feels right to us without stopping to ask God what he wants us to do, without being willing to give up our plans, without being willing to let him point us in a direction that we didn't intend going. But you know, if you're truly wanting to hear from God, he will guide you. Not necessarily through a verse in the Bible leaping over the page in flames or a voice from heaven. Those things can happen. Of course they can. But God often uses the, the ordinary in life. And if we're listening and saying, God, which way do you want me to go? And things happen, we say, is that your leading, Lord? And, and I, I, I don't know how to put it into words, but you will know inside. He will give you a peace when he shows you the way he wants you to go. And he'll give you a restlessness when you go the other ways. And that's what he wants to do. And of course, if you insist on disobeying him, he'll let you. but you will miss out on the blessing. And if you keep insisting on disobeying him, he may stop even leading. And what a tragedy that would be. Balaam was a man who saw God and knew how to listen to the voice of God, but his greed and his own plans became his downfall. In fact, we read the whole story, Balaam's disobedience eventually leads to his destruction. But we come back to the donkey my hero, my ambition, I want to be a donkey. 
What do we know about the donkey? We know that this donkey was faithful to his master. It was Balaam's original donkey. It was Balaam's only mode of transport. It had never ever let Balaam down. It had never before gone off course. It had never refused to do what he told it to do. How do I know this? Because the donkey asked Balaam, have I ever done this? And Balaam said, no, you haven't. Okay? This donkey was a faithful donkey who was serving his master to the best of his ability. Forgive me, the Bible actually says she. This donkey was a faithful donkey who was serving her master to the best of her ability. I don't want to get into the same trouble you nearly got into this evening. This is a difficult area. <laughs> okay. The donkey had never done anything special. He'd just been a donkey. Just went on carrying things. Just did what it was supposed to do. But did it faithfully. And that's one of the first qualities that God is looking for in you and I. Faithful willingness to do what he says. Even if it's not spectacular. Even if it doesn't seem glorious. Even if it doesn't seem, oh, look how important you are. I doubt very many people went around saying, oh, you know, Balaam's donkey... What a donkey! It's carrying him again. Look at that donkey. No. If they commented, they commented on Balaam. The donkey was just there, but the donkey was faithful doing what it should do. And if we want to be used by God, he wants you and I to be faithful as well to our master. Secondly, we see that this donkey had vision. She was able to see the angel of the Lord, even though Balaam could not. Why could the donkey see her? Because of her faithfulness, God's hand was on this donkey. Balaam was blinded by his own greed and his own ambitions and his own plans. He couldn't see a thing. This may sound heresy, but it's not. God can do more with a donkey who is faithful and has vision than he can do with a so-called man of God who doesn't. You can get a person who's had all the training, all the experience, all the charisma, all the ability, all the everything. Give me the donkey any day. Because of his faithfulness, because of his vision, God had given this donkey the ability to go beyond his own limitations. He let the donkey speak. Now, some of you grew up with farm animals, but even for those of you who didn't, let me tell you that it's not normal. Donkeys don't normally chat to you. Now you walk up to donkey and say, hello, how are you? What do you think of the weather? It's well, you know, the last storm we had last week was a little bit, uh, I wasn't that impressed with it. And you know, those carrots you gave me, I'd rather have some fresher ones than that. They're not quite up to the standard that I'm... No, donkeys don't talk. But God used the donkey and God gave the donkey the ability it needed in order to do what God wanted it to do. You may not have all the abilities... 
good. Paul says, when I was weak, then I was strong. The Bible says, without Christ I can do nothing, but I can do all things through him. When I said at the beginning, I want to be like a donkey, it's not just any old donkey. I want to be a donkey that achieves purposes for God. I want to be a donkey that has vision. I want to be a donkey that is faithful. And just briefly, I want to touch on one other donkey. The donkey you read about, just as the build-up to Easter comes fairly soon, the Palm Sunday donkey. The donkey that carried Christ into Jerusalem. A donkey that carried the presence of God into the city and caused people to stop and praise God. That's the kind of donkey I want to be. Don't know what your ambitions are. Maybe you want to be, I don't know, a great whatever. But I've got to tell you, these two donkeys were used in mightier ways than you've ever dreamed of being used. I want to be a donkey. Obedient, humble, faithful. Yes, maybe it will mean I have to go through difficult times. This donkey got beaten for doing the right thing. And as Christians, we sometimes do get beaten up, but it's okay. The donkey accepted this because he was trying to save his master. He was trying to save a life. Now, people say, oh no, the donkey was trying to save his own life. No, later, if you read that passage, the angel says, if you had not stopped, I would not have harmed the donkey I'd have killed you, Balaam. The donkey wasn't protecting itself. The donkey was protecting the one he was charged to carry, to look after. I want to be faithful to God. Will you join me in becoming a donkey for Jesus? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you didn't choose the most amazing, well-trained, highly groomed and decorated stallion to gallop into Jerusalem. You rode on the back of a donkey. Thank you, Lord, that when Balaam was going the wrong way, you didn't have a voice shout from heaven and say, Stop! You spoke to him through a donkey. Father, that encourages me. It tells me that you can even speak through me. And you can do whatever you want to do. Because you're not dependent on my ability, but Lord, I am dependent on your ability. Almighty God, help us to be like these donkeys, to glorify your name. Amen.